Brock's Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Alonzo, with my co-host. Brandon Don Heath, four bucks, baby. <laughs> I love your floral shirts. It's almost like you're a different version of Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Your favorite movie. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> that was so rad. We were in the elevator with the people from Film Light and everybody, you know, was filling Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and... You know, we're all talking about it. And because I knew you didn't like it, I put you on the spot. You got so pissed at me. It's not that I don't like it. I like the movie. It was a great, it was a really good movie. I just don't like the revisionist history part of it. Okay. For some reason, you sometimes remind me of Jay Baruchel's character in This Is The End. Uh Uh-huh. When he's having the conversation with Craig Robertson and Emma Watson. And they're like, you just don't like movies that are universally loved. Like, you universally hate everything. Yeah. No. I love Forrest Forrest Gump. Gump. I love Forrest Gump. Gump, I love it. So that that thought process wouldn't apply. Yeah, it wouldn't apply. It's one of my favorites. But today. Yeah. What are we doing today? It's the best episode ever. Best episode. Best? Best episode ever. All right. And you know why? Because we're talking about crypto adoption. And this is something... I hold very passionately, very dear to my heart. Adoption? Yeah, adoption as a whole. Yeah. But crypto adoption. Like Crypt, people yeah. actually saying, you know what? We're going to give crypto a proper chance. Yeah. A, a right proper chance, right? Love? <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I just want to keep talking. And eventually I'm going to have the most beautiful British accent. Yeah. But crypto adoption is people need to give it a chance. So we're going to talk through what does it mean to actually adopt crypto? What do we need to do for crypto adoption to actually take place? Yeah. To like take hold. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're going to point out the facts of and observations we have of why it's not being adopted, why it has a hard problem being adopted. Yeah. The fundamental reasons why people are having a hard time building for it or building on top of it or utilizing it because there's all this promise. Yeah. But it's, you know, more poof. Than anything else, there's, there's just a yeah. lot of smoke. Then you got some bad actors in the space. Which, some, yeah. <laughs> some, some. Wink. Yeah. But before we dive into everything, yeah. Some disclosures. Yeah. We are not financial advisors, wealth managers, lawyers, brokers, or CPAs. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Yet. Yet. Ooh, I love when you say yet. <laughs> yeah. It does. It tickles me. Yeah. It tickles me. <laughs> because eventually we will become RIAs. Registered investment advisors. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can just throw it out willy-nilly. No. I mean, because yeah. even if you listen to other podcasts, like in the crypto space, Andreas and Horowitz, they always say that it's not supposed to be investment advice, you know? I even think Bankless says the same thing. So there's mm-hmm. all kinds. But what needs to happen with crypto adoption? And a lot of this is speculatory, opinion-based observations, but... First off, crypto just needs to be easier to use, man. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why I like Nano. Yeah. Is because when I think of utility, I think of Nano. Because its value proposition is so simple, I think people just glaze over it. Yeah. Like, oh, so you could send crypto to me? Okay. Well, yeah, but it's easy. And let me tell you why. Because it's fast and it's free. Mm. They're like, oh, that's cool but it doesn't seem that powerful or that sexy or that alluring, but it's wildly sexy, wildly alluring that if in the span of three seconds, I could send you a thousand nano and it's settled. Like most people, I don't know if they understand. It's like 800 bucks right now. (laughs) It's a good thing, right? So 
most people, I don't think they understand the amount of time that it actually takes from when we swipe a card till it actually settles at the bank. It's not immediate. Yeah. And because it's not immediate, that's why things like chargebacks happen, fraud can happen, because yeah. there's a time delay between when you actually are saying, yes, I consent to paying this amount of money, utilizing this card to transact with this merchant, and then that merchant finally receiving that money. Yep. It, even though it shows up on receipts and all, it doesn't mean it's settled. doesn't mean they actually have the ability to have that money in their pocket right then and there. Yeah. In the case of Nano, it does it right away. Now, this isn't supposed to be a poster child episode for Nano. Yeah. But it illustrates, in my opinion, an example of how something so simple is actually wildly powerful. Yeah. You like it because that. Because I mean, before that. that was Ripple. Ripple was like killing the space back in like 2017, 2018. Yeah. And just like very dominant in how fast you could send stuff, how fast the payment settled. Yeah. And then... Um, they even did a partnership with, I believe it was Visa, okay. and we're coming up big in, and especially Europe, and and with with that like ecosystem, I guess you would call it. I don't quite know what to call it, but then you had the big SEC security um, case against Ripple and case, XRP, exactly. But so it was for a bunch of different reasons outside of its actual use yeah. case. Yeah. But I see what but you're saying. You, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of cases of these, like, companies coming out of the gate and just, like, killing it. And I think XRP does have value in, in that. I, I don't know if it's a security. I don't think it is. But hopefully they win their case. It is a point. bit of a bellwether case. Yeah. It yeah. will be. Because if, they, if the SEC loses then I don't know how hard they're going to go after other companies of this nature, specifically in the crypto space. Um, but if they win, then you're going to see a lot of regulation and... and well, a lot like of enforcement that they went after this last neutering year. Neutering yeah. of companies. So. Was, were DAOs and ICOs. That's true, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's been a lot of companies, especially ICOs, that got hit with lawsuits. And yeah. probably rightfully so in a lot of ways. Yeah. I but, can see in the ICO space. But the DAO space is like, well, okay. And I'm sure anybody but who's it, listened to the podcast we talk about, we mentioned signal of adoption. Yep. And what that means is people putting money and resources into building out the infrastructure, building out the technology or use cases or utility for the technology. Yeah. But adoption as a whole means how are consumers and businesses actually going to start using it? Yeah. Those who aren't building for it, it's just they're meant to utilize it for whatever is their, you know, means to an end type stuff. Because, yeah. you know, if you're somebody who owns a mom and pop restaurant, you're not thinking about crypto as anything other than just a fad or a trend or whatever is the most hype thing right now. You don't think about the fact that it'll settle your transactions, reduce chargebacks. Potentially, it'll streamline even your operations because, in a sense, you wouldn't need a bank. Yeah. You wouldn't need a bank the way it currently offers value. And in yeah. my opinion, banks don't offer enough value for how much they charge. No. Like, I'm looking through my bank statement, and I see that they're charging me for wire, like, could 15, be 15 bucks. 15 bucks. 15 um, bucks. To as much as 90 bucks, what? even though it's not international. Whoa. Yeah, it's bullshit. And I'm asking, why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. When other banks, such as Mercury Bank, they don't charge for any of that shit. Yeah. They also don't have brick and mortars, you yeah. know? And banking, you do yeah. need humans there to some extent, 
but so much of our space is digital. I mean, if you think about it, we've been operating in a digital money space for a long time. Look at credit cards. There was no transfer of actual cash from one's pocket to another. It was done through the guise of a credit card, and then it became the chips, and even the chips became tap to pays. Yeah. So I love tap. Yeah. Right. First time I saw it, I was on my honeymoon in Europe. Thank you. <laughs> no, but we were in London and everybody's going up to buy a coffee and they're just like tap 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 so i i do believe that like if you could have some sort of settlement like that like make a a bank card that is just crypto like well and and banks are working on that yeah um jp morgan's working on their own blockchain called onyx and even though jamie diamond diamond he hates he hates crypto until he doesn't, yeah. and, but they're building out their own blockchain and they have the JP coin yeah. coming. It's like, come on, man. Well, Who doesn't they, see through that? Sort did of they thing? hurt? Did they, did they hurt you, Jamie? Did, <laughs> did crypto hurt you? Did crypto hurt you? <laughs> Show me where crypto touched you. I, I understand old world or incumbents, right? The yeah. people who are currently servicing not wanting to be disrupted by technology yeah but here's the thing just embrace it and it will actually make you more profitable in the long run think about creating real value because here's the thing i'm of the opinion of and track record of history can help validate it is if something creates enough value and there's somebody who kind of breaks through the glass ceiling on it it will be widely adopted yeah apple's really good or they have been traditionally good at you know, cannibalizing their own business. Yeah. Other people have talked about it before. There's, I'm not the first person. There's been a lot of people who chatted about the fact that the iPod was cannibalized by the iPhone. Yeah. I and mean, it completely eliminated the need for an iPod, but it didn't need to exist at a certain point because yeah. you could just have it within your phone. Yeah. But it was, it was cannibalizing a certain portion of their it's market. Like the calculator. I mean, how many people really need the watches? Watch. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wear a watch now for vanity purposes, in my opinion. Because if yeah. you really want to see what time it is, look at your phone. You yeah, that, I mean? that Sarah Marshall movie where, was it? Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Forgetting Sarah Marshall where um, Paul Rudd's teaching Jason Siegel How to think, surf? How to surf. And he's like, yeah, I want to move to here. Stop wearing watches. He's oh, like, that's oh, cool, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on my phone. It's on my yeah. He, <laughs> that was the whole way of a lifestyle. No, no, it's no, just on no. my phone. It's now. just on my phone. I love that movie. Yeah, for a couple different reasons. Yeah, you do see Jason Singles Wiener a couple times in it too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that draws people to it, but I don't know. So, uh, having said all that, yeah, yeah, banking is a great place to start when it talks. You talk about adoption because yeah. it shows all the ways that crypto is already more beneficial than having to pay for your bank for the bullshit. Yeah. Another great example is it's Friday at 8 PM. I found the house of my dreams. I want to put down a down payment. No, I got to wait. Yeah. What? What do you mean? You got to wait. You got to wait for what? 8 8 AM. Yeah. Or maybe I need to deposit money because they, somebody charged my card when they shouldn't. And then I got to go through the trouble of calling and, saying oh i don't need these you know overdraft fees all these things and it's like i can't just go in and put in money directly in a bank because i have to wait till the next day and i have to wait for it to clear like the clearing process of all this i understand why it was necessary before crypto but now that crypto is around it's not necessary we've created these constructs and systems and we figured out a way to make money or the banking system has figured out a way to make money in as many ways as humanly possible 
Yeah. And I get it. They don't want to disrupt their business, but they're going to have to. Yeah. Because the mob of Rome will revolt and do this. And I think that's a huge portion of crypto adoption. I think a large part is companies on the back end, like IBM, these big infrastructure companies that will start using crypto and adopting crypto in certain ways. So that's behind the scenes. Once it starts being adopted behind the scenes, and I know that they're working on stuff. Yeah. But like once they start putting it to use in real world applications behind the scenes, then people will start working with it without them knowing it. And then I think you'll see a lot more adoption. Well, even the, yeah. last year, we kept talking about all these different ways. And we even had in our NFT episode, all the things that could be. I think we even did a Blue Sky episode uh, about yeah, the what blue things sky. could be. So as of this recording, California is currently testing out registering title with tokenization. Yeah. And they're using Tezos to do so, which I think is T-E-Z-O-S. great. T-E-Z-O-S. They're going through that process, and I think that's amazing. Because if you recall, I shared my DMV story where... I went in to get my quote real ID and I gave them my current DMV driver's license and they said that's not a valid form of identification. Yeah. I nearly shit myself right there at the counter because it's like, wait a minute. Wait a second. My current valid form of identification, if a policeman were to pull me over and say, please, license and registration, he would accept this license as proof of my identity because it's from the DMV. Mm-hmm. But because I'm converting to this real ID, this licensed ID that I was just, you know, utilized to, when I got pulled over is no longer valid at the DMV to get my real ID. They ultimately ended up accepting my birth certificate, which was a printed piece of paper. And it's not like they kept it for a while and analyzed it. They looked at it. So I'm like, what the fuck? Really? So when I think about crypto... And I think about its adoption, a lot of it comes back to, and I think you've heard me talk about this a time or two, the foundational layer, the protocol layers. We need to build the infrastructure before we start building all this cool shit on top of it. Yeah. Again, and I've said this in other podcasts, if it wasn't for things like the Board Ape Yacht Club, Yuga Labs having the success they had, there wouldn't be as much attention on crypto and blockchain as there is. Yeah. Creatives are predominantly the ones that I think steward a lot of adoption of new technology. But now that that has been brought to light, we need, it really has pointed out that bad business models, bad actors were able to thrive because the environment didn't have the infrastructure to weed them out. Yeah. One thing that I think would solve a lot of this problem is sovereign identity. There needs to be a way to prove identity, period. We have passports supposedly that worked in a world before us. We have these driver's license that were supposed to work before us. Anytime you would go to the drunk tank, I'm not saying that I have, maybe only three times, but they take your thumbprint. You know what I mean? Yeah, they take, yeah. Because supposedly. DNA for sure. Well, I haven't been asked to spit in anybody's mouth yet, but I haven't been to the drunk tank in years. Uh, I have no plans to go back. Yeah. (laughs) That was my youth. For sure. Yeah. But having said that, there were all these ways that you could prove your identity that could validate who you are. But we need sovereign identity the way that KYC has become such a need with Know Your Customer because you just need to prove who you are. Yeah. Period. That's a foundational element that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. A lot of things couldn't. It would have been thwarted. I love that word, thwarted, right? Yeah. And I'm going to say another fun word, and this was actually in a Kill Bill movie. Gargantuan problems would have been thwarted. (laughs) 
had we had sovereign identity because you couldn't One transact with on certain exchanges <laughs> had you had to prove you are who you are. Yeah. And now with deep fakes, for sure, there's the potential that you could be having a zoom conversation with the person who's not actually across from you on the zoom conversation Yeah. or video chat. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, there's a lot of problems that, yeah, you know, know, we could get into. That's why like, you know, with the iPhone, it's like the face ID. Um, there's a couple of them. But yeah, to get back to that, like, just, I mean, there's problems with all that technology just as straight as it is. Like it is helping like to keep stuff, I guess, keep people out of your phone, but to like wrap your, like a soul bound token, mm. you know, like going it, after my Vitalik spots, huh? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would just be hard to, to adopt fully, but I, I love the potential and I, I love the idea. But it's just also like hard to so kind of wrap your mind around, or even I I would think to get people to adopt. Well, you talk fully. about it in these ways that it's hard to do this and that. Yes, it's hard, and you know why? Because crypto is creating the hardest problems because everybody's chasing the money. Yeah, everybody's chasing the profit now. Yep. The th the thing that's going to make crypto last and make people trust it enough to even try it and adopt it is these hard problems these are the problems we need to solve first mm -hmm. that didn't happen so whatever but here we're not the only ones or this isn't the first time that we've jumped head first into new technology based on s the immediate benefit right yeah if you look at For cell sure. phones it, the same thing happened if you looked if you look at television a lot of that happened making the process accountable yeah. so none of nothing about moving forward in technology has ever supported the fact that oh it was built correctly so that it can grow no it, it always had to course correct yeah a lot of innovation has always had to course correct because you are cannibalizing the incumbent businesses the incumbent infrastructure yeah and until those incumbents can either figure out a way to wrap their business model around the new world order or they can figure out which company they can acquire to bring into their fold to maintain their position. That's when it usually happens. And we're in the middle of that right now. Yeah. FTX caused a huge shit show. It was brought to light. They weren't the only ones. There were so many. We talked about it in our last episode. Yeah. But and we'll talk about it in the future. <laughs> and we will be talking about it in the future. But it really is. It's that foundational layer. Those. I mean, TBD yeah. is working on it. Jack Dorsey's quote, Web5. He has these protocol layers that while I don't really like the way that they went about marketing it, some of their PR, at the end of the day, what they're doing, it's what we need more of. Now, yeah. does he need to be the one to would be you doing say it? For Web5, it, it would be called Super Future Web. See what I mean? Yeah. This is why I'm just, everything, I'm, I'm so over Web2, Web3, Web5. It's like, we're always moving forward, so I'm just going to call it Future Web. Yeah. So this is a part of the future web. Yes. So future web protocol five no, no. would be Jack Dorsey's. You make me think of the white zombie album. Was it superhuman charger 5,000 or something? I forget uh, yeah. what it is. Yeah. But having said that, yeah, man, the protocol layers are what needs that whole thing needs to be built. It's almost like crypto was some, I'll give you a great little story, right? Imagine crypto was these two people on the East coast and they're like, you know what? Let's go explore what's on the West. 
So instead of taking the bare essentials just to go over to the West Coast to see what was there, how hard was it to get there? The trials and tribulations of what it would take to get there, to do their due diligence. They said, no, fuck it, we're going. We're going to take the whole family. We're going to take the dog. We're going to take all of our shit. Yeah. And when we make this trip, and then when shit falls off, shit gets stolen, lost, people Eat start the crossing. dog. <laughs> I mean, if they went far enough west, maybe they had a tortilla <laughs> for the dog. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. They didn't just do their due diligence first yeah. and then come back and say, oh, you know, it was a pain in the ass. So yeah. now we're ready to make an educated decision on how we're going to bring the whole family over to the West Coast. Imagine if instead of the burrito, it was called the perrito. I mean, a perito is a dog in Spanish. Yeah. It's slang. It's like a perro. puppy. What? It means puppy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, you're so Hispanic. I love it. Thanks. But again, there's not enough due diligence being done before these missions that are happening with crypto. But again, it had to happen the way it did. Yeah. Because I don't know if we would have seen the same amount of adoption and the money being put into it had people not seen that there's so much money available. Yeah. And there's only so much time that some of this is going to be as wild west as it is. Yeah. We're living in history. I mean, you can always say we kind of are. I feel like the past 10 years have been felt like 50 or 100. Yeah. Just the amount of innovation that's happened, the amount of just living as human humanity as a whole has gone through a lot of change mm -hmm. in just the past 10 years. Even the past three since the pandemic, so much has happened. Oh, my goodness. You know, so yeah. with that adoption really needs those base layers that protocol layer to build trust yeah to make all the bullshit and hype possible yep because people and this goes to even web 2 to web 3 not enough companies especially web 3 companies they're not building for the current reality they're building for what could be the only problem I have with that, and I had a meeting with a company, and I know I say this probably on a couple of podcasts where I have a, had a meeting with so-and-so company, and I try not to name the company itself, but it's a common thread with companies that I've met with, especially Web3 companies. They're building for the world of tomorrow, which is awesome. I love that. That's very future-forward thinking. But how are you going to get people to move from the Web2 world to the Web3 world? That transition period needs to be built more for need mm -hmm. to be there needs to be more stewards more concierges if you will helping people migrate from web 2 into web 3 instead of just thrusting them into it yeah and expecting them to understand it expecting them to use it, expecting them to trust it especially when there's all these security breaches hacks um bad actors like we always say people making bad business decisions with the money that these people are giving in the form of tokens right yeah because in the case of FTX, they were spending consumers' money that they weren't supposed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or leveraging the, the fiat asset. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. again, there needs to be more of a stewardship, concierge-type mentality with how we transition people over to this new technology. Yeah. Again, Ease just my opinion. and onboarding. Well, <laughs> onboarding's a big thing. Yeah. So you've seen videos, I'm sure, of unboxing on YouTube, yeah. Instagram, TikTok. It's... It's its own thing now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been for a while. YouTube has long had videos of people unboxing packages and people get, you know, yeah, I'm into super it. You see, you like it. Yeah. What are they? Jeremy and Asia, they even talked about it from the other part. ASMR. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a form of that for them. Yeah. I, I, 
Is your late night radio DJ boy supposed to be doing something special? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting real close to the mic. I forget you're not wearing headphones anymore. No, I know because Mr. you said that was Mr. So, cool guy. You told me that was so 2019. So I was like, okay. Yeah. I don't want to be old school. Yeah. I want to be the new new school. So I don't I need mean, I can hear you. You can hear me as long as our microphones can hear us. I think everything's cool. I will say this since we're going on this tangent. That yeah. The headphones make me feel more official. Yeah. And it's kind of dope because it's, you know. It's yeah. just such an audio experience. That that is true. Yeah. Okay. But you really get my ASMR thing going. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this really hits hard to some people. Not so much you. Well, maybe I leave Surfline on in the background just so I could see the waves when oh, I'm there working. You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty dope. I just yeah. doesn't have the ocean sound, which I wish it did. Yeah. But going back to onboarding of yeah. crypto, the way people are introduced to it, the way their first few experiences are with crypto there needs to be a heavy focus on a light touch if you understand what i mean by that yeah we need to make things it's not dumbing it down it's being mindful and respectful of people's bandwidth yeah because people only have so much time during the day so if you're learning something new and it's something that has to do with your money how you know what i mean yeah you're already on edge yeah so it's we need to take into consideration more of people's positions in their current day that they're introduced to these things yeah so the onboarding experience your first use cases of it they need to be carefully curated in my opinion yeah it would help everything move forward you know but there's no standards for this yeah at least metaverse has a metaverse standards form that they're working towards to create some sort of standardization of things yeah now i don't think a lot of it has to do with onboarding which i think is a missed opportunity yeah because in business you can build the best thing ever, but you're, if you don't have a good branding or marketing plan, people may never try it or see it. Yeah, you're saying that first thing you start with pants, and then move on to like the rest of metaverse. <laughs> just only Meta is the only one that seems to just disregard pants. Yeah, but it's bottomless party, so there is no you know there's no oh. junk you need to check out. Oh, it's bot- bottomless as in like it never ends. It's, it's not there. No, no, no. This party. is a mimosa. Oh, okay. This isn't a bottomless mimosa. There's <laughs> okay. just no bottom, period. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my case for crypto adoption in all yeah. honesty. I mean, what are your thoughts as far as how crypto can become adopted? Oh, man. Well, I had this driver that I was working with and he was asking a me. driver? Yeah, a five-ton driver. So he was talking about crypto.com and their native token. And he's like, I usually spend like 20 bucks um, on Bitcoin a month. And then they'll give me um, like some of their native token. That's kind of cool deal. Like one to one, like you get 20 bucks worth of their token. If you buy 20 bucks worth of coin or some other like incentive. And he's like, yeah. So like, Sometimes I'll be on there and it's like, hey, and he was just asking about other coins. And I was like, Bitcoin's a good one. You know, you've got your Bitcoin maxis that are just saying like Bitcoin and nothing else. Because when it comes to decentralization and and certain things, like it now it's easier than ever to buy. You just buy it off an exchange and you can keep it on their wallet or your own personal, you know, wallet. And, you know, that's good for for the community as a whole, for people just to, like, buy in little bits of time. Like, just 
introduce themselves to the ecosphere, the ecosystem, and and get it going. So, so I I'm just saying, yeah. like, and, and purely speculation-wise as well. Um, it's, it's like how Robinhood helped bring bring ETFs and, and stocks into, like, the mass market's pocket, you know, Coinbase, Crypto.com, Binance, like, you know, these exchanges, like, help usher in adoption because then, like, these are the first instances that most people are going to have into crypto. Yeah. Right? No, Unless, of course, like I was saying, in the back end, behind the scenes, if people are working on it, you know. So I see what you're saying. Um, if I understand correctly, just <clears throat> the exchanges. Just need they... to be super easy, super transparent, and not FTX us. So they have a duty, in your opinion. Yeah, they do. They have a duty that they need to uphold how people interact with crypto because they are yeah. the first line of entry Yeah. in most cases. No, yeah. that sounds valid. I mean, if people have the ability to have some discretionary income to just put five bucks towards it a month or something just so that they can get familiar yeah. with it, yeah, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. There's no real onboarding for that in any of these exchanges. It doesn't, it doesn't take you through a process like yeah. that. Almost how to buy what I should even be looking for in in the yeah, purchase like the of the process these. of a beginner. Yeah. It would be cool if you were able to. So I know that there's so many memes about Duolingo. Are you familiar with Duolingo? Yeah, my I think that's the one that my little sister used in order to learn French. Okay. So Duolingo's hilarious. Like for since let's say you're using it for a couple of weeks and then you stop using you'll get notifications out the ass saying, oh, you haven't Duolingo today. Oh, you haven't checked in today. And all of a sudden it feels like you're going to get one day. You're going to wake up in the morning and that little Duolingo bird's going to have a gun pointed at you going, Duolingo now, motherfucker. You know, in this Samuel yeah. Jackson voice. But anyways, what I'm going at with this That's is hilarious, by the way. That's treat awesome. it crypto yeah. like that. If you're like, hey, I'm getting into it. What if an exchange app worked in that way to where you're a newbie, so... You only get to use it in a certain way. Yeah. Like it has a completely different user experience and mm, UI. Yeah. And as you start doing things, it opens up more features. So it takes you through the process of yeah. it as opposed to you just opening the standpoint, where where do I start? Yeah. Like well, how do I do? I mean my I mean, my wife's first introduction were those coin based learning, right? She okay. would go through those and okay. like earn her money. Oh, I love those. Yeah, right? Because then you just get to learn about a token. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that it flies over the head of most like beginning users, but it's just a simple test at the end, and then you earn some crypto, which yeah. I think is great, and it's very positive for the space. Um, but I, I, I think like, like, you would like Duolingo or something, like that's a great way to introduce yourself into the space. So you to know? that point, I, think I don't think that people who are watching or listening to this podcast are on that level, but could be, you know? I think it's important that those who might be listening or watching too are savvy enough and maybe might even be a part of some of these companies to affect this type of change. Yeah. But something that you said just made me think about this as an idea, and I'm a big fan of sharing ideas. Yeah. Because it all comes down to execution. Yeah. But imagine that you download whatever exchange app, you open it up and it says, you know, you, you filled out your information, your KYC, hopefully your sovereign identity, and it just knows, hey, Brandon, this is your first time on the app. Have you bought crypto before? Yes, no. If you say no, it says, would you like to buy some crypto today? And you're like, yes. So you tap on yes, and it says, 
what crypto would you like to buy? And, yeah. you know, you were able to respond into it. And it goes, how much do you want to buy? How much money do you want to spend? And then you say, I don't know, five bucks. You type in five bucks and then you hit, okay, great. Do you approve this purchase of $5 for this amount of Bitcoin? Yes. Congratulations. You just bought your first crypto. And it just went through this whole wizard yeah. of this scenario, but it could take you through this onboarding phase. That's like, holy shit. And if you would have said no to these things, it would take you to another screen that it keeps you in your journey, but it validates where you're at in your journey. Because if you said that, yes, you'd buy crypto, yeah. then it'd say, um, do you feel that you know crypto really well or that you're ready to move on to you know, this? You can curate the user's experience to take them to a portion of your app yeah. that makes sense for their level of understanding. Yeah their comprehension of it. It has nothing to do with about being smart or dumb. It's just how yeah. much do you know about it in this particular space at this given time? Yeah. I love that idea. I think that's well, something that someone needs to roll yeah. with. So, I mean, because of like my level of understanding, like I've, yeah, I've gotten into the weeds and KuCoin, Binance. I feel like they're very similar. I've worked with like the KuCoin bot before, mm -hmm. like tested those out. Um, you know, futures in those, like, but I, I would say I'm an advanced trader in that aspect and like willing to put down some money and lose it or, yeah, you know, just as pure speculation play. And I loved like the ease and simplicity of Coinbase because like, it was just like buy, sell, limited number of coins, like it was just so simple and easy. And then now I feel like it's overcomplicated, cluttered, and just, yeah. like it's, it's bad for, I'm not a big fan for, of for Coinbase's business. UI yeah. and user experience. I like Binance more than Coinbase. Yeah. On to, yeah. There's something that they just feel like they're putting too much in front of me. Yeah. And I'm, and especially I use now. It. Yeah. I don't think I'm, you know, the, the grand master of all this stuff, but no. I definitely know enough of what I'm doing and it's overwhelming and it's an, it's actually frustrating because yeah. I just want to be able to do something in there. I know what I want to do. And sometimes now I'll open up the app because they do, they do constant updates and I'll be like, what the hell? Where's, I just want to go here. I just want to do this. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And that kind of comes back to ease of use. Right. Yeah. But in adopting crypto, I think an understanding of blockchain is, I don't know if it's 100% important for your everyday crypto user, but blockchain is something interesting for people because the way I hear people talk about blockchain is the way I used to hear people talk about the web or when people talked about the metaverse this last year. And now even the way people talk about AI, it's done in this very, I don't, it's, it's an uninformed way yeah. of talking about it. Blockchain at the end of the day, it's just a ledger. It's just a big ass spreadsheet. Yeah. But it's an immutable spreadsheet. And there's so many things about it that you're able to do because it is something to where you can provide hosting services on. And yeah, it, there's a lot of creativity and possibility with it. Yeah. But I don't feel people has a deep enough understanding of it. And there's not like there's a GUI for it, you know, graphical we, user interface. Are we getting into coins versus tokens right now? Is that what we're, we can, we could talk about it, you know? Well, yeah, the difference between a coin and a token. So we have it written out this way. A token is a digital unit of value that represents an asset or utility. Unlike coins, tokens do not have their own blockchain and are issued on top of existing networks. 
Unlike coins, tokens are not mined in the process of transaction validation. Instead, they are minted. So yeah, coins is more of a currency. Yeah. Tokens are more of an asset. Yeah. Which is why you have that big issue with it being a security or not a security. That's interesting because I've, I've always used them interchangeably, but now knowing the definition of them, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, they're completely different yeah. in that way. Yeah. Because when we think about a token, a, a, your home could be tokened. Yeah. Tokenized. Yeah. You know what I mean? Assets that you have could be tokenized, both virtual and in real life. Coins are what we use to transmit you know, currency yeah. or an exchange of value in that way. But even tokens develop their own equity, equitable value, which is why the argument for um, it being a security is, is as valid as it is. Yeah. It's just a different type of security. I'm not even arguing the fact that they shouldn't be governed as securities. I'm arguing for the fact that it shouldn't be governed as the same type of security as maybe stocks yeah. or even a house for that matter. You know, I yeah. would actually lean err yeah. more on the side of personal property. Yeah. So if it was treated more like personal property, you can invest in personal property. You can buy, you know, cars and resell them, buy laptops and resell them. You can buy handbags and resell them. You can buy Nike SBs and resell them, right? But are they treated as a security? Yeah. You know what I mean? In the no. eyes of the SEC? No. You know, what if you gave not it? Not like a token would not be. Not like yeah. a token is being under fire right now. Yeah, I don't see a token the same way as a stick-built home, you know. But, and this is where it gets interesting. If you have an other side digital plot of land, right, in the Yuga Labs metaverse, other side, and you have this plot of land there that you own. Yeah. Is that whole plot of land its own token, its own non-fungible token that gives you your title and deed to the land? Right? I think it is. Well, that's my point, yeah. is that some of these questions are a little rhetorical, but it's just a thought process yeah. to say if that But if land, it's an NFT, it can't be a security, right? Because it's unique and it's it's only one. Well, can it? Well, if you break it up into pieces and then sell it that way, then I think that would be security because it's uh, secured by the asset itself, which would be that NFT. It's a secured but asset, I, yeah. But I don't think that it in itself would be. So you're saying the actions taken by the person who owns it determines whether yeah. it's not an asset. So your next door neighbor, if they never wanted fractional ownership of it yeah. or to chop it up into different parcels and resell it, yeah, it doesn't create a security. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's rather interesting in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. These are new rules, I, new I, laws, because we're starting from a ground zero. And not only that, if we wanted to, it could change. Because yeah. it's digital. It can be allowed to change. Yeah. I mean, maybe the elevation on it, you're able to change it. And maybe mm -hmm. that elevation changes its value. Maybe that elevation changes its ability to hold certain other virtual assets. Like, there's so many things about it that are not static. They're dynamic in nature. Yeah. But Interesting. Wrangling it back in yeah. to adoption. All of this, anybody who might be listening, you could see how we could easily get in the weeds. And all of a sudden it starts just sounding like, like we have, just like we have, <laughs> there's been a number of things that I know we started talking about simply because we're passionate about that. We go down a path that if you are new to this space, you would go, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? What is it? 
you started with adoption. You, you had me kind of interested in this podcast because you were talking about how adoption could be achieved yeah. with crypto and now blockchain. But now we're getting in the weeds. Yeah. And I think it's... Like we do. And it's kind of that... I mean, it's two dudes talking. It's so. two dudes talking. We're, give us, give us a break, bro. Are we crypto bros? <laughs> oh my gosh. Did we have that stereotype? I, I hope so. You so. like the crypto bro stereotype? Yeah, why not? I don't know. I, I guess call him a spade a spade. Yeah. I don't know if I and if I embrace the negative connotation of it portion of it. Ah, oh, come on. Okay, fair yeah. enough. We're like the bad boys of Hollywood, but not really. You're, you're a bad boy. <laughs> I have to say it that way. You're a bad boy. Bad boy. No, in my late night DJ voice. Yeah. Chris Voss would have such a field day with that voice. Oh man. He was the negotiator. He yeah. never split the difference book. Anyways. Before I let you guys go, I just want to give you a little Tezos XTZ is their token sign in Binance or or their coin sign in Binance or wherever you're actually doing this at. You're deciding to look at them. Let's see here. I've got trusty old Binance's coin market cap open up and it says it's a a dollar 12 per token or coin right now sorry per coin i'm guessing yep we've got a full market cap fully diluted at 1 billion 36 mil 615 476 oh it's moving well anyway um you got a 30 million dollar 24 hour supply or uh, that's how much has moved today in 24 hours is 30 million circulating supply of 925 million but no max supply and just a total supply so i think it's kind of like a mint as you go situation it's it's on the bnb smart chain so it's a bep20 token um yeah just giving you all this information here and it looks like, just in, in case you're interested in its like viability as a speculative token, but coin currency. Sorry, coin currency. That's all right. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, so that's that's the breakdown of it. I I don't know if I would be interested in it because it's not deflationary, but you can do more due diligence. Maybe we'll have an episode on Tezos. I okay. actually, to be honest with you, we probably will, especially okay. since they're doing that pilot test with California DMV. Mm. Yeah. Cause I'm curious to see both how that nets out, how yeah. that moved the to- coins value. Yeah. And yeah. So we'll be doing an episode on it. Do soon. you know when they're going to roll that out? I don't know when they're going to roll it out widely. I'll put the link in our show notes, but it is, it is going to be mentioned and talked about a little bit in this week's crypto vibes podcast. Oh, <laughs> crypto vibes <laughs> you love that word don't you oh, i no. love it all right so as far yeah. as you know let's talk about crypto adoption that's it for this episode we'd love to hear your comments and see what you think about ways that people would benefit from learning how to adopt crypto ways that we can remove obstacles you know to adopt crypto would love to hear your thoughts and feedback and yeah. comments please do so and again, thank you to the celebrators for that intro and outro song. Vocal Visual is the production company of this podcast. If you found value in what we're doing, please share it with others. Who doesn't like to share value? Like, comment, subscribe, all those wonderful things. And yeah, we hope you really enjoy this. And until next time.
We look forward to seeing you.